With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We are about to embark on an uncertain Steelers season clouded in worries. I'm going to tell you why. Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers, so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. The Steelers are still shuffling their porous offensive line. Coach Mike Tomlin has yet to officially name a starting quarterback. And then we find out star running back Najee Harris has been hobbling around on a Liz Frank foot sprain since August 1st. This is not the way to go into the 2022 regular season that was always going to be a challenge and a changing of the guard. First and foremost, the Steelers are replacing future Hall of Fame quarterback Ben Roethlisberger after 18 mostly stellar seasons. The team is using not one, but three quarterbacks to pull off this transition. Despite Tomlin's reluctance to spill the beans on which one of them, Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, or Mason Rudolph, will start in Cincinnati on September 11th, we all know the answer. It's going to be Trubisky. He's looking for a second shot at NFL stardom after fizzling as the second overall pick by the Chicago Bears. The fact that Trubisky will be the starter was never really in doubt, despite the outward display of a supposed three-way QB competition in the Steel City. All along, the real question wasn't who the Steelers would start at the sports world's most important position, it was how long will Trubisky last as the Steelers' QB1. The backdrop seems stacked against him. Most of Pittsburgh will be clamoring for Pickett, the hometown hero from his five seasons with Pitt. He is the fair-haired future of the franchise, and everyone in the 412 area code knows it. They want to see him behind center, like right now. Poor Mitch could be booed by the black and gold crowd after every incomplete pass. Should he toss an interception or two, Yinzers will be calling for his head and shouting for Pickett. But that's not the scariest prospect for Mitch Trubisky, 
who's desperately trying to resuscitate his career as an NFL starter, the biggest threat is right in front of him in the form of the Steelers' shaky offensive line. Now, the team was last seen cutting players and signing new ones in a final attempt to upgrade the protection for Trubisky and the blocking for Harris. But don't expect miracles. Instead, Steelers fans could be waiting all season for this bargain basement blocking unit to gel. It may never happen. Until it does, Trubisky will see his overmatched blockers pushed right into his face. The pocket will collapse in mere nanoseconds, and the pass rush will pour heat from his blind side. This is not the way to ensure one second act in a pro football league that stands for not for long. The shortest NFL shelf life is reserved for running backs. By age 25, they're often past their prime. By age 27, they're on the decline, and by 29, they're dinosaurs. And that's the timetable for bulldozer backs who remain in the best of health and free of injuries. So you'll pardon those in Pittsburgh who pushed the panic button when Najee Harris made the shocking admission on Sunday that he's been nursing a Liz Frank foot sprain since August 1st. The words running back and Liz Frank in the same sentence is always cause for major concern. The name Najee Harris and Liz Frank in that same sentence produces panic in Pittsburgh. And for good reason. The anatomy of the foot is delicate and complicated, but the Liz Frank is the worst injury above all. So much so, it's named for the doctor who first diagnosed it. Coach Mike Tomlin, who covered up the true extent of Harris's foot troubles for weeks by saying the running back had been stepped on in training camp, is now telling us there's no cause for concern. The injury is in the past. But is it? A Liz Frank sprain can take up to six weeks to fully heal, according to medical experts. Najee is in the fourth week of his recovery, yeah, sure, Harris played in Sunday's preseason finale against the lowly Lions, but he looked plenty rusty. In fact, Harris was said to be so frustrated with his play and his offensive line, he spilled the secret about his Linz Frank sprain as if to explain that poor performance. It certainly shed light on a lot of things. It puts the premise of Pittsburgh's entire offensive approach for 2022 in doubt. The Steelers' strategy for this uncertain transitional season is to run the ball, eat clock, play defense, and cash in on the occasional splash play. But if their workhorse running back is hobbled, all bets are off. And that preseason win total betting line of seven and a half games for the Steelers is looking about right even, dare I say, generous. Can Harris, in just his second year, hold up for another 380 touches this season? Surely not. The wear and tear is already adding up. Yet we know Tomlin loves to run his backs into the ground. Just ask formally fast Willie Parker. 
Still, the start of the regular season is when optimism reigns. Every team is undefeated. The future is bright. Steelers Nation has much to cheer. They believe Pickett to be the prodigal son. Rookie receiver George Pickens is a superstar in the making. The Pittsburgh pass rush looks to be ferocious, and perhaps even an elusive playoff win is finally in sight. But as much as I want to believe, I just can't seem to get caught up in the hype. This season feels far too uncertain, and the worries are mounting. Now, we're going to have much more on the glass half full that is the 2022 Steelers season, plus reasons to feel positive if you want to. It's all here in this regular season preview edition of your Steelers Update Podcast. Hey, and be sure to check out my print column, First Thing Thursday on Live. As always, it will be packed with plenty of memes bringing the anticipation and the anxiety of the regular season start to life. Right now, let's get right to it. You're only as good as your last impression. And the final impression we have of the 2022 Steelers heading into the regular season wasn't so good. Here's Paul Zeise with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette not liking what he saw on display against the lowly Detroit Lions in that final preseason game on Sunday. He writes this, quote, The Steelers played their last preseason game Sunday against Detroit. It had been labeled by some as their dress rehearsal game because the starters, for the most part, played the entire first half. But here's the thing. If this was a true dress rehearsal and our first real glimpse at the Steelers, I'm not sure how I feel about the prospects for this season. For the first time, I actually can understand why the guys in Las Vegas have set the over-under for wins for the Steelers at 7.5. Prior to the preseason, I thought that was a joke and an insult and that the over was the easiest bet I would make this season. On Sunday, the Steelers were sloppy made too many mistakes, and still have too many players who aren't quite good enough manning, starting, or key positions. Yes, they won 19-9 over the Lions, but the Lions stink and they hit a horrific quarterback rotation of David Blau and Tim Boyle. I mean, whatever you think of Mason Rudolph, he's basically a future Hall of Famer compared to those two. I worry we're deluding ourselves into thinking a former first-round pick who has been let go by two teams in his first five seasons, a rookie who has been largely untested, and a career backup whom the team has clearly given up on are actually good enough to lead the team to the playoffs. This is a conference with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, and Derek Carr. Even if you want to go with the Steelers quarterbacks being good enough, the unit that's charged with protecting them, the offensive line, hasn't been good enough. My Post-Gazette colleague, Ray Filippaldo, said it best when he wrote, quote, when they're not giving up sacks or committing penalties, they're getting shoved into the backfield and playing behind the line of scrimmage on running plays. Other than that, everything's swell, unquote. The line has miles to go if this offense is going to be good enough to carry the Steelers into the playoffs. 
This was the final statement the Steelers could make before the season starts, and quite frankly, that should have Steelers fans mighty nervous that this could be the first losing season of Mike Tomlin's career. I'm not sure I see a team capable of making the playoffs, unquote. Hey, that's some strong stuff from Paul's ice, and it's a dose of reality for all the sky-high expectations for these Steelers. There's plenty to worry about in Pittsburgh, and he certainly gives us a glass-half-empty take. But for balance, we have to turn to some positive news. So we go to Adam Bittner with that same Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, who reports the Steelers seem to have accomplished their primary goal of upgrading the quarterback position from an aging Ben Roethlisberger. He writes this, quote, The goal for the Steelers this offseason was not to simply replace Ben Roethlisberger. It was to upgrade from the shell of himself that Roethlisberger had become by the end of his 18-year career. To this point, it looks like the team has done that in the form of both Pickett and Trubitsky. Based on their preseason player grades released by Pro Football Focus, the scouting website that evaluates players' performance on every play of every game, both of these Steelers QBs have scored consistently higher than Roethlisberger did in 2021. In fact, a lot higher. Pickett's overall preseason grade was 80.4. Trubisky's was 83.1. If they play like that in the regular season, there'll be a huge upgrade from Ben Roethlisberger's 55.8 overall score from 2021. Now, of course, preseason performance should be taken with the proverbial grain of salt, considering the competition isn't always regular season quality. In fact, it's never regular season quality. But even if these quarterbacks regress a little bit against the best players opposing defenses have to offer and settle into the 70s as a regular season score, that'll still be significantly more valuable to the Steelers than Roethlisberger was at the end. And one particularly noteworthy stat is this. Roethlisberger led the NFL in turnover-worthy plays last season with a PFF score of 32. Trubisky and Pickett, meanwhile, combined for a total of zero across 70 attempts this preseason. If they can be that responsible with the football in the regular season, then that should make a noticeable difference for this offense's result, unquote. Hey, that is a great way of looking at this by Adam Bittner, but of course, it's based on preseason results, and we know the regular season is far different. So there's reason to be optimistic. There's reason to believe the Steelers' young guns look to be real up-and-comers. But what if the entire foundation of the Steelers' offensive plan for this season is resting on a shaky foot? I'm talking about the heavily used feet of one Najee Harris. He'll be asked to carry this offense yet again in 2022. He's already been burned by a suspect Steelers O-line, and now we find out that Najee has been battling a nagging Liz Frank foot sprain for most of training camp. And when you put those words, Liz Frank and running back, and Najee in the same sentence, it is a major, major concern. 
Now, so we're going to go to Ron Cook on Najee and this worrying foot injury and Najee's needless appearance in that final preseason game. Cook writes this, quote, Najee Harris went into the exhibition game Sunday against the Detroit Lions with a potentially serious foot injury, perhaps more serious than the Steelers had let on. So why did he play most of the first half in a meaningless game, a total of 28 snaps? Mike Tomlin said last week he would be happy if Harris got a carrier two against the Lions. Instead, Harris, who led the NFL with 381 touches last season, did not need to have four carries for 10 yards and three catches for 11 yards in that preseason game. He certainly didn't need to attempt to leap over cornerback Savion Smith, prompting a rough, awkward landing. But that's how Harris plays. He's so competitive, he fights for every yard even in an exhibition game, unquote. Well, Najee got those carries, and it was all despite that Liz Frank sprain that we never knew about until the running back himself let the cat out of the bag at halftime of the preseason game. Up until that moment, we were led to believe by Mike Tomlin that Najee had been stepped on in training camp some weeks ago, and that's why he has been missing practice. Turns out it was far more serious and worrisome. So for that perspective, we turn to Tim Benz with Trib Live, who writes this about Najee's big revelation of that potentially serious Liz Frank sprain and why it should worry the Steelers and their fans. Quote, Running back Najee Harris suddenly revealed that the nagging foot injury that had kept him sidelined for most of training camp was actually what he called a Liz Frank sprain, not just the result of, quote, being stepped on, unquote, as fans and the media had been led to believe. Quote from Najee, just to give everybody an update, I never did get my foot stepped on. I had a sprained Liz Frank. That's why I was out for the majority of camp, unquote. According to Harris, it's a four to six week injury, and he's about four to five weeks removed from suffering it on August 1st. But here's what Mike Tomlin said after that practice. Quote, not a lot of significant news regarding health-related things. Najee wasn't able to finish. Somebody stepped on his foot, but it shouldn't be a major deal, unquote. When a reporter followed up a few minutes later seeking more information, Tomlin abruptly replied, quote, Somebody stepped on him, unquote. In other words, that's all he was going to say. Stop asking me about it. Now, to be fair, Tomlin likely didn't have a Harris-Liz Frank diagnosis an hour after it happened on the field. Harris hadn't even been fully evaluated, or he, and he didn't even leave the practice field entirely. But from that point forward, Harris was always tucked under the blanket of being, quote, day-to-day in terms of his health status. Certainly, no other details were offered up, and clearly based on Harris's response, information was willingly withheld from the media. The Steelers are certainly allowed to do that. There's no league-mandated injury report in the preseason. But why the espionage? Why the cloak and dagger? If you're going to bother discussing an injury at all, why word games and misdirection? if you're a month away from the, uh, any game that matters. If Tomlin is hoodwinking us in August, 
before the preseason games. What's he going to be like in September when the Steelers open up against the Bengals, the Patriots, and the Browns? Tomlin's reaction to this foot issue with Harris was nothing more than paranoia for paranoia's sake, unquote. That's Tim Benz with Trib Live really giving us the background of how this was all hidden from the media, from the fans, and how Harris really is the one that put the Liz Frank in the open. All of this is worrying in and of itself. Is there something more? Well, the nausea worries don't stop there either because the foot is so delicate and complicated and the Liz Frank is the worst injury you can get. In fact, here's Rotowire explaining why this is and what this Liz Frank stuff is all about, at least according to the human anatomy. Rotowire writes this, quote, it's not often that a 19th century surgeon becomes the center of the sports world, but that's precisely what happened this past week. Najee Harris suffered a lisp frank sprain four weeks ago in training camp. The injury is named for the French surgeon Jacques Lefranc de Martin. The Liz Frank joint is the second of the five transmetarsis joints of the midfoot. Those joints are located where the long bones of the foot articulate with the tarsal bones with the Liz Frank joint acting as the keystone. The joint is fortified by a ligament complex that is also named after the doctor. Like most ligaments, the Liz Frank ligament can be sprained and in some extreme cases dislocate or a small piece of bone can tear away, creating a fracture, unquote. So, in other words, it's serious and a re-injury, who knows what could happen for Najee. In short, it's trouble, especially for a running back. No wonder Najee looks so rusty in that preseason game. But hey, Mike Tomlin says we don't have to worry about it. Me, I'm worried. This is not the way I wanted to enter the regular season. But in a Steelers season that was always going to be a riddle, wrapped in an enigma, I guess it's the best we can do. We don't know about this team. And we may not know about this team until deep into this coming season. What we find out is anyone's guess. But it won't be for much longer. Let the games begin. And of course, we'll be covering every single Steelers game, the aftermath, the ramifications, what it means, the analysis, who's up, who's down, who's not getting the job done. And it's all going to be right here weekly for you. Every Wednesday afternoon, the Steelers Update Podcast will be fresh and ready to go. So sign up so you get the audio automatically. And of course, log on to Penn Live anytime for your real-time Steelers news.